Passing this bill is as personal as it gets for many of us in this chamber. I urge all of my Senate colleagues to join me in supporting the Respect for Marriage Act. In a world where there are more tensions between people than ever, our country has offered a loving embrace to its own. The 15th of November 2017 will go down in history as the day our nation repaired its broken heart. This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine, I'm Greg Gordon. Italian moms win the right to not be fathers, the U.S. Senate moves marriage respect down the aisle, and Australians mark five years of marriage equality. Those stories and more this week, now that you've chosen This Way Out. I'm Melanie Keller. And I'm John Dyer V. With Newswrap a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending November 19th, 2022. One member of an Italian lesbian couple will not have to be listed as the father on their child's ID documents. The ruling by a court in Rome comes much to the chagrin of recently installed far-right Italian Prime Minister Giorgia Meloni. As Italy's interior minister, Maloney changed the way parents or legal guardians are listed on the ID cards required for all minors. Prior to 2019, there was no gender designation, but Maloney mandated that a mother and father be named. One of the women in the lawsuit gave birth to a baby girl who was then adopted by her spouse. The judge in the case decided that forcing one of them to be identified as the father on their child's ID documents was nonsensical. Although the case was decided in September, according to Reuters, it was publicized just this week by Familia Arcobaleno, Rainbow Families, an LGBTQ parents' rights group. The ruling only applies to the plaintiff couple. Rainbow families stressed that other queer parents would have to file their own lawsuits to challenge the required gender designations until the current rules are changed. Maloney's government is not in a hurry to do that. It's unable to appeal the ruling because it was issued during Italy's previous administration, which declined. The new government is reviewing the decision very carefully, claiming that it puts the national identification system at risk. Sick? Queer? Beware of Texas, where health care providers are perfectly within their rights to refuse to serve LGBTQ people. Trump-appointed U.S. District Judge Matthew Kaczmarek rejected the Biden administration's assertion that the U.S. Supreme Court's 2020 Bostock decision, by implication, also covered health care. That ruling found that the employment discrimination protections in the Civil Rights Act of 1964 extended to LGBTQ people. Two doctors challenged that interpretation. Kaczmarek decided that anti-bias protections in the Affordable Care Act only apply to discrimination based on sex at birth, not on gender identity or sexual orientation. He said that Congress had the option to specifically include those characteristics, but had not. The doctors were represented by America First Legal. It describes its mission to oppose the radical left's anti-jobs, anti-freedom, anti-faith, anti-borders, anti-police, and anti-American crusade. 
It was founded by notoriously anti-everybody Trump administration official Stephen Miller. The Biden administration has not yet issued a public response to the ruling. Several countries are flying with pride to the World Cup in Qatar as concerns mount for the well-being of LGBTQ people in attendance. Virgin Atlantic Airlines flew the British team to the Gulf Coast nation on its Airbus A350 pride plane. It has the name Rainbow on its nose cone and the airline's queer icon, Oscar, in a pair of rainbow-striped sneakers pulling a Union Jack behind him. The German team flew into Qatar aboard a Lufthansa Airlines Airbus A330, nicknamed Von Hansa. It has a colorful mural of different people with their arms around each other and diversity wins emblazoned on its fuselage, according to The Independent. A video announcement naming the members of the Swiss squad reportedly included a same-gender couple holding hands. Islam is Qatar's predominant religion, and Muslim men found guilty of private consensual adult gay sex can be executed. Queer couples have specifically been cautioned against public demonstrations of affection during the tournament. The government has warned that rainbow flags will be confiscated to keep World Cup visitors safe. The U.S. men's national team is protesting Qatar's homophobia with rainbow colors on the badge that's displayed at their World Cup hotel, in media areas, and at social gatherings. It's not on the players' uniforms, however. U.S. coach Greg Berhalter explained during a media conference this week that the team's Be the Change campaign was launched soon after the murder of George Floyd while in police custody. Its goal includes LGBTQ people. It's not just stateside that we want to bring attention to social issues. It's also um, abroad. And, you know, we recognize that Qatar has made strides and there has been a ton of progress, but there's still some, some work to do. And it's just about Be the Change basically represents everyone's um, individual opportunity to, to make change and to have change start with them. So I think it's appropriate that we have it here as well. The World Cup kicks off this week. Professional basketball has its second proudly gay player. Former University of Kentucky center Isaac Humphreys is now a Melbourne United big man. His social media post coming out to his teammates this week makes him an even bigger man. Humphreys describes his despair in the closet. He attempted suicide before coming to terms with his identity. Now he's shooting to help others around the world who are struggling. That's my goal behind this. Um, make sure people know that you can be whatever you want, no matter who you are or what you do. You can be big ice and be gay, and you can still be a great basketball player and be gay. You can do whatever you want. It has nothing to do with your sexuality or who, who you are or who you're meant to be or who you're expected to be. I just want to be myself. I've discovered this is my purpose in life, and I'm going to give it my best go. His coaches and teammates responded positively, and Humphrey's coming out has been almost universally praised. Another gay center preceded Humphreys. Jason Collins, of the New York Nets, became the first active pro basketball player to come out in 2013. The 24-year-old Humphreys is averaging 12 points and 5.5 rebounds. He leads Australia's National Basketball League with 1.9 blocks per game. Finally... I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman! 
That's the singular voice of Kevin Conroy, who died on November 10th after a brief battle with cancer. He began portraying the caped crusader in Batman, the animated series, in 1992, and eventually appeared in more than 400 TV episodes, a dozen related films, and some two dozen video games. Conroy wrote about his character in Finding Batman, a special Pride comic this year. He said, I've often marveled at how appropriate it was that I should land this role. As a gay boy growing up in the 1950s and 60s in a devoutly Catholic family, I'd grown adept at concealing parts of myself. Conroy also appeared in live-action roles on a range of TV shows, including Dynasty, Cheers, Murphy Brown, and Matlock. Tributes from fans and fellow performers overflowed social media. Conroy was 66 years old. He is survived by his husband, Vaughn C. Williams, and siblings, Trisha and Tom. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude, for the week ending November 19, 2022. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chupel, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm John Dyer V. Stay healthy. And I'm Melanie Keller. Stay safe. This just in from Colorado Springs, Colorado. We are actively processing the scene at Club Q. Police Chief Adrian Vasquez. Initial evidence and interviews indicate that the suspect entered Club Q and immediately began shooting at people inside as he moved further into the club. While the suspect was inside of the club, at least two heroic people inside the club confronted and fought with the suspect and were able to stop, stop the suspect from continuing to kill and harm others. Before those club patrons disarmed and beat him with his own gun, the shooter who opened fire in the LGBTQ bar around midnight on November 19th had murdered five people and injured 25. Club Q's proprietors are calling the attack a hate crime, and the county district attorney is determining whether to prosecute it as such. The FBI is assisting the investigation. We'll continue to report on this developing story. The U.S. Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade laid waste to the constitutional foundation for reproductive rights, and legal advocates have cautioned that marriage equality could be next. A remedy for the situation that passed the House of Representatives earlier this year went to the Senate this week. Christopher Martinez of Pacifica Radio News prepared this report. On this vote... The yeas are 62, the nays are 37. Three-fifths of the senators duly chosen and sworn having voted in the affirmative, the motion is agreed to. The Supreme Court should not be in a position to undermine the stability of families with a stroke of the pen. So now Congress must act. Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin is the lead Democratic sponsor of the measure. With the Respect for Marriage Act, we can ease the fear that millions of same-sex and interracial couples have that their freedoms and their rights could be stripped away. By passing this bill, we are guaranteeing same-sex and interracial couples, regardless of 
where they live, that their marriage is legal, and that they will continue to enjoy the rights and responsibilities that all other marriages are afforded. And this will give millions of loving couples the certainty, the dignity, and the respect that they need and that they deserve. The measure in question is H.R. 8404, the Respect for Marriage Act. It would repeal the 1996 Defense of Marriage Act that defined marriage as a legal union between a man and a woman. The measure would guarantee federal recognition of same-sex marriages with all the implications that has for things like medical decisions, taxes, social programs, and immigration statuses. The bill does not require states to grant marriage licenses to same-sex couples, and more than 30 states currently have same-sex marriage bans on the books, but it would require them to recognize such marriages that are valid in other states. Today, the Senate is taking a truly bold step forward in the march towards greater justice, greater equality, by advancing the Respect for Marriage Act. Democrat Chuck Schumer of New York is the Senate Majority Leader. It's a simple, narrowly tailored, but exceedingly important piece of legislation that will do so much good for so many Americans. It will make our country a better, fairer place to live. Passing this bill is as personal as it gets for many of us in this chamber. Myself, Madam President, included. My daughter and her wife, my daughter-in-law, are expecting a baby next spring. And I want to do everything possible to make sure their rights are protected under federal law. I want them and everyone in a loving relationship to live without the fear that their rights could one day be stripped away. No one, no one in a same-sex marriage should have to worry about whether or not their marriage will be invalidated in the future. They deserve peace of mind knowing their rights will always be protected under the law. With this bill, we can take a significant and much-needed step in that direction. Schumer said Congress has had a productive year, but if both parties could come together to pass the bill, that would be a highlight for the Senate. And in Wednesday's vote, 12 Republicans joined all the Democrats to provide a bipartisan, filibuster-proof majority. A September vote had been delayed because of lack of Republican support before the midterm elections, but a religious freedom amendment presented Monday helped win support with protections for nonprofit religious organizations that do not support same-sex marriages, along with assurances that the federal government does not recognize polygamous marriages. Susan Collins of Maine is the lead Republican co-sponsor. I have worked with my Senate colleagues on both sides of the aisle as well as with a coalition of religious organizations to develop an amendment designed to clarify the language and address concerns that have been raised with the House version of our bill. And Madam President, I would ask unanimous consent that a series of letters from religious organizations that endorse the religious liberty provisions of our bill be entered into the record at the conclusion of my statement. Without objection. They include the letters from Elder Jack Gerard from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, from Melissa Reed from the Seventh-day Adventist Church, from Nathan Diamond from the Union of Orthodox Jewish Con Congregations, 
of, from a host of other organizations, the Council of Christian Colleges and Universities, the AND Campaign, the Institutional Religious Freedom Alliance, the Center for Public Justice, and Tim Schultz of the First Amendment Partnership. Let's do the right thing. Let's vote to proceed to this important bill and let us pass it. I urge all of my Senate colleagues to join me in supporting the Respect for Marriage Act. Senator Rob Portman is a Republican from Ohio. We have worked hard to address the concerns that have been raised and to craft an amendment that provides robust affirmative protections of people of faith without diminishing the rights for couples in same-sex marriages. This is very important. President Hoogstra of the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities, a group that's endorsing this legislation, observed that this amendment, and I quote, sends a strong bipartisan message to Congress and the administration and the public that LGBTQ rights can coexist with religious freedom protections, and that the rights of both groups can be advanced in a way that is prudent and practical, end quote. That's what's extraordinary about this bill. These two, sometimes viewed as competing interests, are working together. Besides Collins and Portman, 10 other Republicans voted yes, including Mitt Romney of Utah, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and Joni Ernst of Iowa. One Republican, Ben Sass of Nebraska, did not vote. Reporting for Pacifica Radio News KPFA, I'm Christopher Martinez. The Senate will take up the Respect for Marriage Act again on November 28th. If passed, the amended bill must return to the House before it's sent to President Joe Biden for his signature. Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois has high hopes. The issue of marriage equality is too important to get bogged down in partisanship, which is why this bill is a bipartisan compromise. In last week's election, the American people sent a clear message to Washington and to the Senate. Get it together. Work together. No more toxic culture wars. No more divisive rhetoric. No more big lie. Enough. If you want to stand for family values, let's start by enacting protections for every family in America. Straight military personnel will have to shower with homosexual... <gasps> what do you think goes wrong when people shower with homosexuals? Do you think it's the spray makes it catching? I mean, uh, we don't get ourselves dry cleaned. Hello, I'm Barney Frank, and you are listening to This Way Out, the international radio show for all our sexually diverse communities. Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information about how you can give is online at thiswayout.org. Thank you. Please remember to stop by thiswayout.org on Giving Tuesday, November 29th. Australia's Senate confirmed marriage equality five years ago. This way out Sydney correspondent Barry McKay reported in November 2017 on their winding road to equality from the ballot box to Parliament. On the 15th of November, the results of the Australian Marriage Equality Postal Survey were released. 
61.8% of Australians who returned their ballot papers voted yes to change the law allowing same-sex couples to marry. In 2004, arch-conservative Prime Minister John Howard successfully made an amendment to the Australian Marriage Act specifying that marriage in Australia was only to be defined as being between a man and a woman and not recognising same-sex marriages conducted overseas. Thirteen long years have passed with activists and politicians calling for the repeal of this discriminatory law. And on Wednesday, the 29th of November, a private member's bill introduced to the Australian Parliament by Senator Dean Smith successfully passed the Australian Senate without amendments, the last major hurdle on the road to marriage equality becoming law in Australia. One of the most passionate parliamentary advocates for marriage equality in Australia has been Greens Senator Sarah Hanson-Young. She addressed the Senate in an emotional speech two days before the vote went to the Senate. In my small high school, one of my best friends was gay. And he struggled for a long time. And I remember thinking I never did quite enough to have his back. He was one of my bestest friends and we hung out. Every now and again I'd tell people to bugger off when they tried to pick on him. Young people in Australia deserve better than that. The 15th of November 2017 will go down in history as the day our nation repaired its broken heart. When the bill was introduced to the Senate on November the 29th, a number of senators spoke. Senator George Brandis, a member of the governing Conservative Liberal National Party coalition, holding the position of Australia's Attorney-General, voted in favour of the bill and spoke to the Senate of its importance. I want to reflect for a moment on the message this will send, in particular, to young gay people, to the boy or girl who senses a difference from their friends, which they find difficult to understand and impossible to deal with. By passing this bill, we are saying to those vulnerable young people, there is nothing wrong with you. You are not unusual. You are not abnormal. You are just you. There is nothing to be embarrassed about. There is nothing to be ashamed of. There is nothing to hide. You are a normal person, and like every other normal person, you have a need to love. How you love is how God made you. But perhaps the day belonged to openly gay coalition Senator Dean Smith, who first drafted the bill earlier this year. In a world where there are more tensions between people than ever, our country has offered a loving embrace to its own. As the Attorney-General said, in the course of a generation we have seen the LGBTI community move from rejection to tolerance, tolerance to acceptance, and now acceptance to embrace. We should be proud of that. I certainly am. I commend the bill and move that be read a third time. The votes were then tallied. The result of the division is ayes 43, noes 12. The matter is resolved in the affirmative. The bill has passed. With 43 senators in favour and 12 against, 
In a show of cross-party goodwill and unity on the issue, several of the key senators and those who had voted for the bill spent a long time congratulating each other, embracing and exchanging handshakes. Later, the opposition Labor Party's most senior LGBT senator, Senator Penny Wong, addressed the House. Mr President, very briefly, this day has been a long time coming, a day for which many of us have worked in our parties, a day for which many in the Australian community have worked, a day many of us have hoped for. Equality is a remarkably persistent principle. It is a defining principle, a principle that springs from the simple and powerful precept of the inherent dignity of every individual, of every human being, and so it has been through human history. The aspiration for equality is the hallmark of our progress. So today we stand on the cusp of a remarkable achievement and an historic event, and we pause briefly to reflect just for a moment of what we are a part. We are part of an act of acceptance, an act of inclusion, an act of respect, an act of celebration, a day when this Senate declares our acceptance of our LGBTIQ brothers and our sisters. The bill that passed in this chamber was negotiated across party lines. It reflects an appropriate balance between delivering marriage equality and the protection of religious freedom. Mr President, laws matter. They endow rights. But they do more than this. They express our values, who we are and what we believe as a nation. I am often asked what this law means for me and my family. This law matters to loving couples across the country. But what is more important is what it means for all of us, what it says to young LGBTIQ Australians, what it says to the young man struggling with who he is or the young woman who feels alone and ashamed, what it says to the children of same-sex couples who feel ostracised. It says to so many Australians, this parliament, this country, accept you for who you are. Your love is not lesser and nor are you. It says you are one of us. Every day it is a great privilege to stand in this place, but there are some days which are of great moment, which change our country for the better. This is such a day. The bill now goes to the House of Representatives in early December, where it is expected to easily pass, as there is cross-party majority support for it on a conscience vote basis. The bill then goes to Australia's Governor-General to be signed into law. And yes, we've just begun. I'm Barry Mackay in Sydney for This Way Out. Australia's queer activists are celebrating their fifth marriage equality anniversary with a renewed campaign for a federal bill to ban anti-LGBTQ discrimination, much like the Equality Act that's pending in the U.S. Congress. Next time on This Way Out, James Gavin reads One Christmas by Truman Capote. Gavin is the biographer of Peggy Lee, Lena Horne, Chet Baker, and most recently George Michael. He brings you the beloved short story by the author of Breakfast at Tiffany's and In Cold Blood as we celebrate the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday. This is the story that made me want to become a writer. Truman Capote's One Christmas. First, a brief autobiographical prologue. My mother, who was exceptionally intelligent, was the most beautiful girl in Alabama. Here, Everyone One Christmas, said, on this community radio station, online at thiswayout.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's next time on This Way Out.
Thanks for finding This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program material this week came from Melanie Keller and John Dyer V, produced by Brian DeShazer from Pacifica Radio's Christopher Martinez and from Barry McKay. ABBA and The Carpenters performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This Way Out acknowledges the support of listener donors Margaret Roberts and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Thank you. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For associate producer Alicia Chappell and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Greg Gordon. We thank you for listening online at thiswayout.org and on 5UV Adelaide, South Australia, WBSU Brockport, New York, KGAY Palm Springs, California, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned.